Welcome to the Good Medicine for the Soul podcast. This is the number one podcast designed for millennial women who want to grow in their knowledge of God so we can all walk in the fullness of authentic power. I'm your host, Amashallah Victoria Wallaby. If you're ready to go on this journey with me, then let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Good Medicine for the Soul podcast. It's another beautiful day. We're grateful that the Lord has allowed us to witness a beautiful day like this. It's actually raining right now um, in Christchurch. So yeah, what a beautiful day to be alive. We thank God for the rain that waters the earth. We thank God for the rain that allows our crops to grow. And I'm just so grateful. And on today's um, episode, I'm going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer, breaking down the Lord's Prayer. This simple prayer has been recited um, for generations and centuries, you know, and um, it is a simple prayer that we see in the Bible but it is very powerful if we understand. I know because it's so simple, a lot of people kind of just recite it like without paying attention. We just, because we were taught to, I mean, even little kids in kindergarten, I mean, this is the first prayer that I taught my children. Even my little children know how to recite um, this prayer. But I want us to understand that the simplicity of this prayer does not render it ineffective. Because this is a prayer template that was given to us by Jesus himself. And it is a very powerful prayer when we pay attention and understand the dynamics of what is going on in this prayer. So it is my intention today to break it down, to break down every single part of this prayer so that we, whenever we pray this prayer now, we pray it with a certain level of consciousness that brings us results. So we see this prayer in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 18. And before then, we see that the disciples are asking Jesus to teach them how to pray. And in Matthew specifically, Jesus is telling them not to use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think they will be heard because of their much speaking. But don't be like them, for your father knows the things that you need even before you ask. And then Jesus goes on to give us this powerful template on how to pray. So we find this prayer, the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. We also find it in Luke chapter 11, verse 2 to 4. But I like the version in Matthew better. It seems more complete. Okay. That's why I'm going to be reading from Matthew. And it says, Our Father, which art in heaven. I'm reading from the KJV version, the King James. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let's break this down. Let's break this down step by step. Number one, our father, which art in heaven. This basically tells us that God is a father figure. When we approach God, we go to God as a father, not as a slave 
or as a servant, but as a father. We go to we approach God the way you would approach your daddy, knowing that that love is there. A father is a covering. A father is a protector. A father is a provider, right? A father is a giver. A father is there to 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 give us this outstretched arm that we can hide under, right? So Jesus is telling us our Father, which is in heaven. Now He doesn't just tell us our Father; He specifies where our father is the father we are talking to because jesus understood very well that we do have earthly fathers as well so he's saying when we go when we say this prayer we are acknowledging who we're speaking with and where the person is okay obviously god is not a person but you understand what i'm trying to say right so the lord's prayer begins with our father because we are all children of god and we pray for his mercy for all of us our our father our not just for ourselves okay and then it says which art in heaven right which means to be to exist right this is a reminder that the god we are praying to lives in heaven we do not pray to any object any of his creations on earth okay so our father who art in heaven the next verse is hallowed be your name hallow means the word hallow means to make holy or sacred to sanctify or consecrate right it means it's that that name is holy that name is sacred that name is consecrated that name is revered that's what it means hallow hallow means to make holy to make sacred to sanctify to consecrate to be revered that is what that name means now it says that that's a word means rather now it says here hallow be thy name is it saying hallowed be the name of the lord yes but i wanted to understand that the name here has a very deep meaning so in the to the hebrews right your name is not just a label that is used to distinguish one person from another right no your name in the hebrew is viewed as equivalent to the person himself and where i come from in yoruba culture right we even do this as well, whereby there's a saying in my culture that says, it means a person will behave according to the name that he bears, right? So that is why in Yoruba culture, names have significant meanings, right? Like my name, it means I am a child of complete abundance. So whenever I find myself thinking not in alignment with my name and i remember so maybe i'm going through some difficult times and i don't have you know I, I, my mind is saying oh you i don't have money or whatever immediately i remember ah this is omoshola you are omoshola you you are a child of complete abundance you are not in lack this is just a season the passing through and immediately it strengthens me my head is lifted up I get back on track. Now, this is just a name for an ordinary person like me. Now, imagine the name of God, right? So, the name of a person signifies their character, their worth, their reputation, their authority, their will, their ownership, okay? That is what it says. Now, we see that in um, in Proverbs 18.10, it tells us that the name of the Lord is a strong tower, the righteous runs into it and are safe. 
Is it that the name of God is a strong tower? No, just the name. No, it means that the name of the Lord is his character right and that the lord himself is a strong tower and therefore we can run to the lord and we are saved right so the name of god is equivalent to the lord himself that name signifies authority so what jesus was trying to tell us now when he says hallowed be your name he says your name is so powerful it is set apart there is no equal there is no rival there is no contest lord your name is holy it means lord you are holy you are set apart you are revered we go knowing that the king we are going to is not like any other king he has no equal or no rival that is what it means. That 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 single verse, hallowed be thy name, is a loaded verse. When we pray with that consciousness, it's a different ball game entirely. That is why I wanted you to understand that the name is powerful. Hallow, your name is respected. Your name is revered. Your name is sanctified. Your name is set apart, right? You are set apart in everything that I do in my life. Lord, you are different hallowed be thy name the next verse says thy kingdom come jesus was simply saying right what is a kingdom a kingdom is an area a domain the domain of a king basically and remember in genesis 1 right when god said let us create man in our image and likeness and give them dominion god was saying i want to create a representation of myself and i will give them dominion I want them to dominate this part of my kingdom, okay? God created another kingdom, which is earth, that he wanted to replicate what was happening in heaven. And we had the mandate to make that happen as human beings. So Jesus is saying, your kingdom come. That original intention that you had from the beginning, let it come. Your will, the will of our father, what does this mean, will? Your will is your desire, your wish. Your will, what your, your intention is your will. What you want to happen. And we're saying, your will be done on earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. We are saying, Lord, we are open. Come. Let your kingdom come. Let earth become like heaven, the way you originally wanted it to be. Okay? So it says it's, a, it's very powerful when we say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, if there is no evil in heaven, we don't want to see any evil on earth. If there is no hunger in heaven, we don't want hunger on earth. If there is no sickness and disease in heaven, we do not want any sickness and disease on earth. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It is so powerful. And this, we saying this means we are laying down our own will, our selfish human desires, our even propensities. We are laying it all down to say, Lord, none of us but all of you is what we're saying. We are saying, God, we want, we want to obey. We want you to take the lead and we want to obey everything you tell us to do. The next verse says, give us this day our daily bread. Now, what does this mean? Our daily bread here, the Bible refers to food as bread a lot in different scriptures in the Bible, right? In Exodus 16, 4, God tells Moses that each morning bread will rain down from heaven to feed the children of Israel who are hungry. And they are to collect as much bread as they need for that day and keep none of it for the next day. 
This is the daily bread that Jesus was making reference to. It means food. And what, why Jesus says, give us our daily bread. There was a reason why he used the word daily. It means we, there's a certain level of dependence. We must be dependent on God every day for our supply. He is our father, remember? He's our father. We need God every single day, just the way we need the air we breathe. And that's why Jesus is saying every day, we must say, Lord, give us our daily bread. We must always rely on God for him to provide for us. As we both in our spiritual needs, the spiritual bread that we need, which is the word of God, and our physical needs of food, we must always remember the Bible tells us that if God can provide for the for the sparrows, how much more? How much more will he not take care of us? Right? So we have to remind him to provide for us every day. And he knows. He knows. It's not like he forgot about us. But that is what Jesus is saying. Give us our daily bread. Okay? That's what he's saying in this verse. And then the next verse says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Right? Now, other versions of the Bible says, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, obviously, if we use the word debt, debt means you owe somebody something. A debtor is somebody that owes you something, right? So what he's saying here is, Lord, forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us the things we're supposed to do that we do not do. And in the same way, we also forgive other people when they trespass against us as well. There is no way we can ask God for forgiveness when we have not forgiven, right? That's is it's almost impossible. So Jesus is telling us, be, as you ask God for forgiveness, be ready yourself to forgive any trespass, any sins that people may have committed to you as well. And lead us not into temptation is the next verse. This verse is saying we need your help because we are often tricked by the devil into making wrong choices in life. This is we are acknowledging that we are not infallible. Lord, lead us not into temptation means help us from the tricks and the antics of the enemy. Help us that we don't make any bad decisions that is detrimental to our destiny. But deliver us from all evil. The word here means we're asking God to rescue us, to set us free from sin and evil in our lives. That is what it means here. We're asking God to please help us because we live in a sinful world. We live in an evil world and we're asking God to say, Lord, help us, deliver us from this evil, deliver us from sin. And it goes on to say, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Remember, thine means yours, right? Kingdom means the domain of a king. Because we're saying everything, the Bible tells us that the earth is the Lord's and its fullness thereof. So the heaven belongs to the Lord, the earth he has given to the sons of men, but it's still his domain. And then we are saying, Lord, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. The power means the ability to act, the strength. Glory means to give respect or praise, okay? So we're saying yours is all the kingdom, all the power, the glory, forever and ever it belongs to you. We're telling God that we will not forget that even if he has given the earth to the sons of men, we are not, we don't have amnesia. We have not forgotten that everything still belongs to him and he is still in control and he has the power to have mercy on us or the power for punishment. And we are just appealing 
to his to his loving kindness to say lord we know that you are deserving of all the praise all the recognition because at the end of the day everything belongs to you and that is the lord's prayer that is the lord's prayer it is my hope and my prayer that when you go ahead and pray this prayer or teach it to your children you teach it with a certain level of awareness and consciousness that this is a very loaded and powerful prayer that jesus taught us to pray thank you so much for listening to this episode and until i see you again on the next one keep on shining okay family let's face it we've all felt pain we've suffered the losses you know what it's like to want something so bad but not see a part to its accomplishment the question however is do you know how to pick yourself up and move on despite what has happened this is what i share with you inside of my new book good medicine for the crushed spirit a practical guide to helping you find purpose when adversity strikes inside this book you will find personal stories relatable biblical tales and anecdotes that prove you are never alone in your despair i will inspire you to turn pain discomfort disappointment or setbacks into something positive that works for you so if you're ready to change your life in meaningful and purposeful ways get your copy of this book today and let the transformation begin That concludes today's episode. And if you want to hear more from me, follow me on my Instagram page, which is at B-I-C-T-O-W-O-L-A-B-I. It's B-I-C-T-O-W-O-L-A-B-I. You can also follow me on Facebook as well at B-I-C-T-O-W-O-L-A-B-I. We also have another podcast called the Academy Podcast that gives you tools and resources to turn vague dreams into blissful realities. You'll find the link to that in our show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to slide in my DMs and say hello. God bless you.